Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Alicia and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life and more. We'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you will keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. Nagging, a conversational pattern where request is urgently repeated three times or more and is deflected or ignored in return. Let's be honest, no one likes to be nagged at and as a wife and mom myself, I'd like to preface our chat today by saying that being a nag is just as dreadful as being nagged at. Yet couples find themselves in situations where nagging happens more than uh, just a few times. Common narratives or statements like, I don't feel like cleaning the kitchen either, but we are adults and that's just what life is. Reality, adulting, married life 101. Or, no one wants to be the nagging person in the marriage, but what does it say about our spouses if we have to resort to nagging to get things done? It drives me insane! Or, I'm coming from a place of love and kindness, but it just doesn't come out right when I open my mouth. Is any of this familiar to you? Joining us today to share more about this topic of nagging in the context of marriage is Natalie. Welcome to the show, Natalie. Can you give us an introduction of yourself, how long you've been married, and what do you do? Hi, Alicia. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I have been married for four years, and I currently live with my husband and my in-laws. I am also currently working at a charity organization doing communications. And, you know, I've always worked uh, with people from youth work, uh, and now to focusing on marriages and families as well. Wonderful. Thank you for coming on our podcast today. I understand that you've been married for four years now, and I have this question to begin our chat. I wonder if your husband has ever told you, Natalie, you're my wife, not my mum. Can you talk to us about the times where you might have felt like you were behaving like a mom to your husband? In our first year of marriage, actually, was when my husband actually first told me this same statement that you just mentioned, you're my wife, not my mom. <laughs> and that happened when we were getting used to living together. And actually during that time, I felt like I saw a lot of how my parents were growing up, uh, where there was quite a lot of nagging, but for a whole variety of different reasons. And when that particular instance happened, I realized that he was referring to my nagging. He then told me also that his mom used to nag him a lot. And he said that statement because I was basically sounding like his mom. And I was wondering to myself, how did this happen all in the first year of marriage? <laughs> I was thinking maybe we had a little bit more time to stay away from nagging, but that didn't really happen. And I had to realize that I was his wife. I wasn't his mom and I 
wasn't supposed to go up that particular ladder. I was supposed to really be his spouse. Yeah, and so I think that was most of what the first year was really like. Like what you say, nagging puts us in the role of our husband's mum and not a wife, right? And like what you mentioned, our husbands already have a mum, so they don't need or want us to tell him to put the dishes into the sink, take out the trash or pick the dirty soil laundry off the floor. Can you share with us, when was the point when you realised this was becoming like a potential issue and you require something to shift? I think I remember an instance where my husband clearly showed that he was displeased and I wasn't very sure why or how we ended up at that place because I thought, oh, we were just doing very normal things. But I realised that my personal habits of eating neatly, you know, having nothing left on the table <laughs> was not a thing for him. He grew up eating as and when he liked and however he liked. Uh, whereas my parents brought me up eating to clean my plate, you know, and have nothing on it to bring like my plate back to the sink. But I think for my husband, it was very different. And when I tried to impose those practices mm. that I had of my own, that was when he started to get very frustrated because his point to me was then, but I'm not you, I wasn't raised like you. So why does it feel like you're imposing on me to live this way? And to him, my imposing just only sounded like nagging because I kept saying the same things over and over again. It's repetitive. And at some point to him, it just reached a point of pure annoyance. And I think people don't like to feel annoyed. They don't like to feel like they're being pushed into a corner. And so that was the instance when I realised if I don't nip this in the bud now, it would grow to become an unhealthy practice of mine, having known that my husband has already expressed his displeasure. Wonderful. I so like the way you shared about the insight that you gleaned right, from your husband's reaction. And uh, it's encouraging to hear that you made time to understand his perspectives. You mentioned culture, upbringing, and how all that makes a difference, right? Especially in the first year when a married couple comes together and they need to work through all that. And I'm wondering whether we can actually bring in this for our discussion and chat, Natalie. We hear about nagging, but I wonder if our listeners know, right? There are actually different types of nagging. And a very common type of nagging, which I'm curious to know, Natalie, whether you have encountered or can identify with, right? Is what we call productive nagging. Okay, so the idea that there are certain things that we need to be reminded of that just needs to be done. And sometimes that productive nagging can bring about a little motivation to complete the task, right? And of course, there's a fine line between nagging and reminding and we have to remember that. So this whole thing about productive nagging and how it's actually positive. We also don't want to paint a nagging in an entirely negative light. So we recognize that there's sometimes there's room for positive or productive nagging. And then there's what some of us may call anxious nagging, which arises from the day-to-day stressors, comes from our personal anxiety about situations that we may feel is out of our control. So many of us nag because we are anxious about the uncertainty of the future. And then there's the third type of nagging, which is of more uh, interest to myself at least, and this is what we would say 
chronic nagging. So chronic nagging, a vicious cycle that starts from a request that falls on deaf ears. And maybe we glimpsed some of that earlier in your interactions with your husband in the first year of your marriage, right? So the need to repeat ourselves again and again and eventually leading to fault-finding and complaining. And this sort of nagging can sometimes become a couple's default mode of communication if we are not careful and we let it persist. Right, so chronic nagging, when it gets a bit more toxic, this kind of nagging can give off the impression of criticism, even if it is not intended. And I wonder, has any of this been your experience, Natalie? Or maybe you would like to also chip in or comment on why do you think couples nag and where do you think it comes from? I definitely share in your sentiment when it comes to chronic nagging. I think that was where I was in my first year. Uh, but... Also, it kind of crosses into the anxious nagging uh, where your intent is to ensure that uh, either your husband is, uh, has everything he needs, does not forget anything, and I think that blends sometimes for me. But when you talk about productive nagging, I remember an instance where I, I purposely did not nag him just to test him and to see what the result was going to be. And it was interesting because it was his friend's wedding and he had to remember to bring two very important things that morning. And so in the morning, I just decided to not say anything about those two items and just ask him, do you have everything you need before we left the house? So you dropped hints? I dropped the hint. And he looked around the room and he just said, yep, I have everything. And then we left. And only when we got to the wedding venue, then he discovered he left one of the two things at home. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess now we have to solve this problem. Uh, and so the result was that he had to go all the way home to get it back to the wedding venue. And in the car, I remember telling him that I purposely didn't remind you about it. And he asked me, why not? <laughs> why didn't you remind me? I was going to ask, Natalie, if you, you sort of remember at the back of your mind. I remember because he actually, the night before, texted me things to take back from the wedding. And it had two things on that list. So I knew that there were two things he needed to bring. And I just entrusted him to make sure that he brought those two things. So it was at the back of my head. But I think we had a... Very good laugh after that because while this is not productive nagging, but I realized that sometimes it requires me as a wife to empower my husband to not be nagged at and to remember the things that he needs to remember on his own. You know, and I think that always helps me as a wife to also know that nagging is really not the only way to get a message across or it's not the only way to communicate with your husband or your spouse. So once that reminder kicked in, I realised that it's helped so much in the way that we communicate, quite simply actually. And it puts away the feelings of being unheard or me just coming across as his mom. It just causes the emotions to calm, to hit a calm and a standstill so that nothing is heated. No one is upset at one another but it's just spoken over nicely. I really like the way you handled this situation, Actually, I must say it is quite interesting and quite a game-changing kind of manner and approach you took. And it just reminded me that sometimes we can afford to keep things light and playful. 
So a little bit of that uh, trying things out, a little bit of taking more adventurous posture, right? So in the situation, in the example you shared with us about in the both of you helping out in the wedding, right? I saw that you totally changed up the tone and atmosphere. So instead of going for the direct way, you know, quite anxious or productive nagging, right? Or chronic, you remember, no, you better remember. You, you just left it there. And I, I felt that you really changed up the atmosphere of how you handled the situation. And that is very creative as well, in a way you <laughs> handle it. And it is a reminder for us, maybe for our listeners as well, that sometimes it takes to give ourselves and our spouse an opportunity to in a sense, go through a common situation where we might need to be reminded of uh, some things, but we can use a, a different approach. And it takes time also, I think, for each of us in our relationship with our spouses to become intuitive around what needs to be done. I would summarize this by saying that it's quite a, a patient approach. You know, knowing that at the back of your mind, this was something that needs to be done and then making the journey with him back in the car, a patient and a playful approach. It's very refreshing, Natalie. Thank you for sharing that. I wanted to also share that statistically, it is sometimes said that the nagging spouse is usually the wife. <laughs> and maybe that's why we invited you on the show, Natalie, to bring us some uh, fresh perspectives. So in the face of constant nagging, many men can become silent. I'm not sure whether you can relate with it. And this can be quite an unhealthy pattern because as you have mentioned, right, when the chronic nagging doesn't stop, when the chronic nagging gets into a vicious cycle, okay, it can give off the impression of criticism, as we've mentioned earlier. When a husband feels that he is treated with disrespect, it sometimes can become instinctual for him to react in an unloving way or unresponsive. And then when the wife is treated without that, reciprocal a love or loving gesture and she may also withdraw or she may also react disrespectfully again and therefore this creates a whole awful cycle that is very hard to get out of. What are your thoughts about that? I won't say whether I agree with the stat <laughs> but I do agree that sometimes when the husband is frustrated and he doesn't really want to engage or respond to that particular nagging. For my husband, he does go quiet, he does go silent, and I know that when he does, that's the cue in my mind to say that he's annoyed with what I'm doing. And how then I approach the situation is to then change the way I think, so one of the things I found very, very helpful is to direct my thoughts to consider what does my husband do well then? Because a lot of the times while nagging, at its core, while it's very well intended, it really doesn't sound loving or supportive. It always sounds something like, you're always like that lah, you always don't listen, you always don't do this. And that's what annoys the other party. But if I am asking the questions of what does my spouse do well? When does he or she listen well to me? When does he or she set aside time, you know, uh, or intentional time to help me with things at home? That begins to change the way that I view my spouse. It's not just about, oh, he's annoyed, I should just leave him alone. But when I learn to think the best of my spouse, I really realise that Nagging isn't the best way to communicate what I'm trying to say to him. And when I practice that, I'm also learning to communicate better. And I'm learning also to help my spouse with something that, for example, they might not enjoy doing. 
say, for example, uh, my husband does not really enjoy washing dishes. And because I don't mind doing it, so when I realize that I'm helping my husband with something he doesn't enjoy, then it doesn't necessarily feel like a chore to me because I can now understand why I'm the one in charge doing dishes and I don't have to complain, I don't have to nag anybody. I can simply embrace the chore and do it well. And so that ends up with me being happy and my husband not being annoyed. So it's a win-win situation after all. Right, listeners out there, I hope you caught that. That is a great, great insight and a great tip offered by Natalie. Having a total mindset shift, right? And viewing nagging as an opportunity to see things from the other side and coming in from such an affirmative angle. Fantastic, this is so encouraging, Natalie. I just wanted to also pick up on another point that Natalie shared earlier which is that chronic nagging can also set the stage for stonewalling, right? So when you mentioned that assist in the nagging and then sometimes you see your husband totally putting up the invisible wall and becoming defensive, we call that stonewalling. And that is something that we need to be mindful of. Yeah, watch out for in our communication patterns with our spouses. I think it is quite true and very common for us to realise that the moment we experience or encounter communication breaking down in the marriage is only a matter of time before the relationship will start to deteriorate. And nagging is, you know, sometimes we can talk about it in jest, but as we've mentioned through our podcast today, there is space for us to be mindful when nagging comes over to the other more unhealthy zone, right, of things. And it is a sign of a communication breakdown. And therefore, we have Natalie here doing her best to share with us her experiences and her insights on how to avoid that, doing our best to keep it out of our relationship. This whole thing about chronic nagging and how it can potentially be a marriage killer, if I may use that phrase. So they have positive or productive nagging, but the thing we want to avoid is chronic nagging because it's ineffective and it erodes the relationship. How can we work at stamping out these repercussions of criticism, fault-finding and stonewalling, which is a very destructive sort of symptom to surface in any relationship? Can you share with us what you think wives can do better and how husbands can also play their part? So I mentioned earlier to think the best of your spouse. I also think that there comes two other aspects, which is doing your best. There's a quote that says, do small things with great love. Wonderful, that one. So one of the things that I started doing about maybe two years ago was that I resolved in my mind that if I can do a particular chore in one minute, I will just do it. I won't even ask my husband to need to do it. I will just do it. Simple things like when we run out of water, go and fill up the water jug or uh, wash a cup that he used and didn't wash. And if I can do it in under one minute, I will just do it. And I didn't say anything about it. I just did it. Can I pause you for a moment, Natalie? Curious about that. So when you take it upon yourself to actually do it because you deduce that, oh, this is quite a fast chore to settle, right? Do you do it like happily <laughs> because you know that actually you're being efficient, you know, in the home? Or do you kind of like maybe secretly also hope that he sees all these things, small things that I'm doing without anyone prompting? Maybe he can catch it, right? After all, there's this saying, more is caught than taught. Do you have some of that going on within you? Now that you mention it, 
of course I secretly desire he would see and then you know want to do the same thing for us when he sees something <laughs> unwashed he would wash it but I think the real reason why I started doing or why I challenged myself to do this was because I was finding myself complaining and nagging even when I didn't want to and I think one of the ways that this one minute chore exercise helped me was that I saw my own uh, attitude and posture change over the time as I kept doing one-minute chores. Now, by this point, two years later, I'm actually very happy to say that I now do it with joy. I don't have to struggle and wrestle with the fact that I'm doing everything and he's doing nothing. I think being able to be in this place as a wife really has shown my husband that he can also do small things and so sometimes I'm surprised when I see that there's no cups to be washed because he washed it. And these changes of course didn't happen overnight. I said two years later so it does take some time <laughs> to rub off on one another and so that's what it perhaps looks like to do your best as a spouse and to not complain while you do it but to just do it anyway and that's a loving thing to do. And I guess the last thing that I wanted to mention was to actually learn how to speak at your best. When spouses speak at their best, they are no longer going down the bunny trail of criticism. They are safely not at loggerheads with one another. So one of the things that I practice more and more so now is to learn how to say, please, thank you. I appreciate that you helped me with that and I love you ever more frequently. I don't think that is a matter of appealing to my husband and saying that I have seen all of that, but it actually purges nagging out of our marriage. Can I clap for Natalie? <laughs> <laughs> this is really wonderful because Natalie, I think you hit the nail right on the spot, right on target. The fact that uh, oftentimes one of the very classic perspectives that we are encouraged to take in marriage is that it's not about changing the spouse. Is working on ourselves and I hear you sharing with us your journey and your experience of how you worked at changing your mindset you worked at yourself and in the hope that yeah maybe you know that your spouse can glimpse it can catch it and you also reminded us that it takes time so the part about being patient think that good things need time to grow yeah and all that's really wonderful so encouraged to hear that thank you Natalie and so in summary in a marriage perhaps you can say that it's no longer me but we so when we take this word me, we flip it around, the other way around we get we and that is definitely the posture that we want to encourage all spouses in their relationships to consider. Being on the same team means that we have to take the first step to change our own language, our tone, our posture to respond positively as Natalie has showed us today when we are making a request or we are responding to an ask from our spouses. And with that, we've come to the end of our podcast today. Now, please get in touch with us if you have any questions as a parent that we can help you with. Write to us at parent at, at family.org.sg. We also encourage you to subscribe to our monthly newsletter at www.family.org.sg slash subscribe for more resources. Or you can follow us on Facebook at focusonafamily.sg and Instagram at thrivingfamilysg. Thank you for joining us today and be sure to catch us on our next Parent Ed Podcast. Until the next time, have a great week with your family. <laughs>